You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello and welcome to a Monday edition of the Watling and Owen Show, a football list Watling and Owen Show, the first show Luke, that we don't have any actual football recap, unless you want to talk XFL. Yeah, we got a little XFL uh, coming up in Odd Man Rush, although there's not really any XFL. It's just like, yeah, the XFL happened, so. It did happen. It did happen. But yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm looking outside right now. It's kind of, it's kind of nice out. feels like spring's coming. Baseball's on its way back. Football is obviously over and, you know, basketball end of the season. So it's definitely weird. Football is like a nice little thing to have every week, but I also think our content can get better without football because we have to find other stuff to talk about. Yeah. And this week we have more football to talk about. How about that? We've got the, uh, the Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes kind of thing that we, Probably should have done last week if we had a second show, but we, we didn't have a second show. Uh, that we'll get to later. Uh, Daniel Jones switched agents, Luke, over the last couple of days, or is planning to, which could only mean two things, and I think it means the thing that's not so good for the Giants. So we'll get into that. And then uh, the Mets, Luke, had uh, Steve Cohen spoke a little bit. There's some stuff there. And then also Frankie Montas is out for what seems like the year for the Yankees. So a lot of baseball in the back end of the show. We'll have to speed through it because – you're a busy guy. You're a busy, busy guy. And you got places to be. So we'll get through the show. And we'll saying speed through is very strong. Speed through it. And it's still like a 40 minute. We show. have like 45 minutes. Yeah, but we, we have a like busy a... show. We got a lot to get to. I mean, you just highlighted how we don't have anything to talk about. And then you're like, what yeah, do you we mean? there's a bunch to talk about. When did I say I there's nothing I to talk about? Yeah, we're just going to sit here and argue semantics before we even get into the show. I mean, that's there's no rush on my end. It seems like you're just, I don't know what kind of headspace you're in right now, but you're the one that's going off about all this. What do you mean going off about anything? I'm, I'm excited. I'm yeah, amped yeah. up. Yeah, but I, again, I'm teasing why, the show. I'm glad there's no football because football can be a crutch at times. You know, it's a very formulaic couple of months where it's like, you know, recap, get ready for the next game, different storylines, you know, which bad Jets quarterback is going to be there this week. So this kind of gives us a chance to, to really peel back the onion and get back to our usual roots, which is you saying things and me responding. Well, if you didn't work all these hours, then we could have more shows and it wouldn't be so formulaic. I don't know. Yeah. How about that? It's not on my end. I'll just say this. I'm not the reason why we only had one show last week. So I offered every other day. No, you didn't. Oh, yeah, I can re- record Thursday at 8 a.m. It's like, what, what are we I doing here? I said any time you... before 4.30. Yeah, and I or work. You 4. know I work till 4.30. Well, I work at 4.30, so what do you want me to do? Right, which is the usual time we record on Thursday, so that's not on me. All right, that's well, on you. How You're about this then? How about we do a show every single day this week after 4, after 4.30, rather, because that's when I'm done, and you work a, a day okay, job, fine. too. How does that sound? I'll see you tomorrow at 4.30. All right, awesome. Yeah, All right, great. Definitely won't be working. Uh, let's get to, to Daniel Jones, though. And he switches his agents from uh, CAA to Athletes First. Uh, th- this kind of means two things, Luke. It could mean he wants more money and CAA isn't getting it done for him. Or it means that he wants to take a team-friendly deal and CAA isn't willing to do that for him. And it sounds like it's the former because there's a report from Mike Florio that says that he wants possibly as much as $45 million per year. And I don't know where you where you stand on this. I like Daniel Jones as a quarterback. I like him specifically as the Giants quarterback. He fits the template and the team really well. But you're not giving Daniel Jones a $45 million contract. So he can walk away for all I care. He's not getting 45. He's not getting even 40 from me at this point in his career. Yeah, and I understand, you know, quarterback contracts are all, are all about market. Like Deshaun Watson is the highest paid quarterback right now. You can kind of – 
he's kind of a weird case because he was traded for and the, the Browns kind of had to offer him that. So you can almost take him out. But after that, the highest base salary for a quarterback is $31 million for Dak Prescott. You know, obviously guys like Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen uh, have huge contracts as well, but they kind of get get away with it with signing bonuses and kind of sending the money different ways, you know, how NFL teams do. But for Daniel Jones to ask for $45 million, I don't think it's a crazy move to ask, but I think if he's set on that number, that's where the problem is. Like, if he's just coming out and being like, I want $45 million, is that that crazy? Like, obviously yes. you're going to negotiate from... But you're going to negotiate from there. It's not like the Giants are going to be like, oh, you want 45? We're not giving you that. Like, see you later. Like, they're going to go down. Like, I, I think he's a $30, $35 million quarterback, given the market right now, given that, you know, we talked about it earlier, a team like the Jets would love to have a Daniel Jones. Like, I don't think he's going to get $45 million anywhere. But I, it, it, to me, it all depends on the – is he asking for it? Is he demanding it? Like, where do we stand on that? Well, you know, changing your, your agent – doesn't look great for he's just throwing a number out and, and hoping that he can get more and more like that's just if you're switching your agent it means you're unhappy right and he's unhappy with where negotiations seem to be or maybe he's not getting the attention that he wants from CAA right maybe he's like hey guys like I'm a pretty big money quarterback I want to be you know you know Jalen Hurts has he's not with CAA but he's got a big you know negotiation coming up he's going to get the full attention of his team because he's you know, was almost an MVP this past year. Daniel Jones isn't that, but he probably feels like he is. So I, I understand that, but also it's the mix of both, where if you're moving on from your agent, you're clearly not happy, you want something to change, and all this kind of comes down to, is, is Daniel Jones willing to, to sacrifice some money for his team? And look, he doesn't have to do it, right? Just like the team doesn't have to sign him to an extension. But if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm not leaving the Giants. Unless they only offer me like $25 million. Like if they're well, going to offer me 30, 35, I take it for a three-year deal. I make my money and I play so well under Brian Dable. The next contract I get is going to be $45 million. Could this potentially be though a move for him to, oh no, because I guess the Giants could tag him, mm -hmm. right? That's the other move they have. Because I was going to say, could this be a move for him to try to get to free agency without getting, like being like, oh, the Giants are like, oh, that's such a ridiculous thing. Like. When, it doesn't work though because the tag. You know, like, the tagging trade. Maybe he wants to hit free. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, maybe he wants to try to see what other teams could offer for him and stuff like that. But the tag kind of takes that out of conversation. But he could still go around and, and he could agree to a contract. It would just be the Giants would have to would have to match it. So you'd need, like, match it, right. basically what the NBA version was the poison pill kind of contract. So, well, if you, well, think about this. Like, if you're the Jets right now, right? Like, where would Daniel Jones fit in on your, like, desirables? I think he's better than Jimmy G. Uh, I think I might, I'd probably rather have Carr than him, but I think they're comparable and you can maybe get Daniel Jones at a better price. But like there are teams out there that would go for Daniel Jones, but I do think the Giants are his best fit because what uh, Brian Dable has done for him is has created this value that either he sees or his new agencies or whatever it is to, to want that for like going into this, we're talking about will Daniel Jones be on the Giants next year. Now it's Daniel Jones wants $45 million from the Giants. Like, He's made some leaps, and I, I never want to take away from the player, but obviously Brian Dable and the way this offense works, you know, he didn't throw it a ton, so his turnovers were limited. He used his legs in the right spots. They had a good, they had a good run game with Saquon Barkley, so it's, it's kind of hard to sit here and be like, yeah, he'll definitely be a star at $45 million wherever else he goes. I think it's, it's really a good fit for him here. He's probably worth $35 million. That, that's probably what I feel comfortable giving him, if I'm being honest. And... Is, I think that's high, that's the high end, you know? 
But if he's asking for 45, like something's going on there. You know what I mean? And, and look, you can say he right. doesn't want 45. And, you know, when I when I was going through negotiations with my regular job, I asked for a little more than I actually wanted because, it, it you know, they bring it down. You, you finally come on a number that you can agree to. That's part of negotiation. But for a guy that, you know, when you look at what the Giants had said since the offseason started, it, was, it wasn't like Saquon Barkley, where Saquon Barkley, you never knew if he was actually coming back. With Daniel Jones, you knew he was. they wanted him back. They, you knew they were going to do pretty much whatever it takes for Daniel Jones to come back and make him happy. So for him to be like, oh, yeah, I want 45 to hopefully negotiate with the Giants, it just doesn't feel like it's negotiating in good faith when you look at what the Giants have said since the start. And it's been, oh, yeah, we want him back. Like, we're going to make this work. Yeah, it's a crazy offer. It almost doesn't even fit what you think of mm-hmm. Daniel Jones. Like he's a very reserved guy. He seems like a team guy. Not that that means he's not going to want to get paid, but for him to ask for such an outrageous number is kind of crazy. And you, then you kind of think about this, you know, who's leaking the source. It has to be the giants. Like the giants have to be the team that's saying they have to be the one that's telling Mike Florio. Oh yeah, this is crazy. Daniel Jones asked for, for $45 million. Cause if his agents leaked something, it would be like, oh, the Giants are only offering 20 a year. Like, that's crazy. But the fact that the number is so high and it came out, the only t- person that benefits is the Giants front office. Yeah. It, I, yeah, that or maybe it's old agent, right? But it's, it's neither good for either way. So let's say he set on 45, you franchise tag him. First off, if you franchise tag him, then you're losing Saquon Barkley because he wants something yes. like 14 or 15 million. So you've got to figure this out in a hurry because you've got about, what is it? 17 days until you've got March 7th deadline. So you got to figure this out. Yeah, because the, the whole plan is is to pay Daniel Jones and then kind of figure out Saquon later, whether it be a franchise tag or a good deal for the Giants. But if Daniel Jones isn't going to play ball, then you're, yeah, you're in a really tough yeah. spot. But if you franchise tag him, I'm almost hoping that he gets offer sheeted at that point. Because what, what, do you, what does this lead to? It leads to the Kirk Cousins situation where Kirk Cousins is on the franchise tag for three years, that's $32 million against your cap that you can't, you know, there's no flexibility. You can't lower that cap number like you do with the Aaron Rodgers deal or whatever else. That stinks. Like, that's a tough break for a team trying to improve the the team itself around him. So if he gets offer sheet, you get two ones. If I'm the Giants, I'm probably looking at what would be a, a, full, a full rebuild or a quick rebuild because I just – I don't know, man. The more I think about it, the more I wonder, should you look to try to even just trade Daniel Jones if he's set on something that's above 35? That's what's the weird spot, right? Because I think we're both in agreement. Daniel Jones is a really solid quarterback and be a really good fit for the Giants. But it's like, to what degree? Not this degree. Like, he's not in that special category. He's in the category right now of a guy that can take you to the playoffs. He can be very safe in an offense. He can kind of run the offense well, but... You know, we haven't seen Daniel Jones have to throw the ball like 45 times a game. Like, we don't know if he's that kind of quarterback or if he ever will be that kind of quarterback. Like, $45 million is a is a pretty hefty asking price. Like, even a guy like Lamar Jackson, who's won an MVP, and I know it's a little bit different, different because he's had some injury issues. Like, he's wanted $45 million essentially out of the Ravens, right, or guaranteed money. He wants the Deshaun Watson contract. But even he's not, you know— getting that money right now. So Daniel Jones thinking he's going to get that money is, is kind of crazy to put it in that perspective. I really like Anthony Richardson for this team. And I, and I feel like he's kind of like the, he's almost like the, the Zach Wilson of this year's draft. Although he's not going top three because you've got two really strong options in Stroud and, and Bryce young, but he's got this athleticism to athleticism to him. He's got this, you know, this flat, this raw talent that he has. 
I really like him working with Brian Dable and kind of crafting him into a really good quarterback. Now, you, you can't really do that unless you get a couple ones that you can then trade and, and move up to probably a top 10 pick. But if Daniel Jones is like, hey, I'm done, I want 45 or nothing, and you move on from him, I think this team could be in the long run a lot better with a guy like Anthony Richardson, which is unfortunate to say because I like Daniel Jones, but at that value, it just doesn't make any sense at 45. I think there's two guys in this draft that would make sense for the Giants. I think Anthony Richardson's one. I think Will Levis is the other. Will Levis is going to be probably a top five pick, so he might be out of the question. I don't like Anthony Richardson, if I'm being completely honest. Just I don't. I just I don't trust his ability to throw the ball. But if there's any team that can figure him out, it would be the Giants. Yeah. I mean, because we talk about you know, Will Levis gets this comparison a lot. Not so much Anthony Richardson because he's an even freakier athlete, even faster than a guy like Josh Allen. Um, and he doesn't have, he has an arm for sure that, that throw he made, I think it was against Kentucky was, was crazy. Like he's made some crazy throws, but to have the, you know, the Josh Allen comparison made, you need a Brian Dable because there haven't been that many coaches that can turn an inaccurate college passer or a guy with questionable college features into an NFL quarterback. It's hard to do, but Anthony Richardson has played at a high level at Florida. Uh, same with Will Levis at Kentucky. So yeah, if there is a quarterback project, Brian Dable is the right kind of architect architect to try to to shape them if if you're joe shane and daniel jones is signed to the franchise tag and he still wants let's say he wants 40 right let's say he really wants 40 and you know you're not giving him 40 regardless of what he does this season are you looking to draft a quarterback in in the first round whether it's you know if will levis drops for whatever reason or if it's anthony richardson Wait, well, sorry. I was so I I was pulling up Anthony Richardson's stats, so I missed so you just the, completely the right question. Yeah, I did. Uh, I, well, because I was curious, and he, he's actually worse off than I thought. He had fifty three point eight percent completion percentage this year at Florida. He had seventeen touchdowns, nine interceptions. Obviously, what makes him special is his ability to run. Who's his coach down touchdown. there in Florida? It's uh the oh, what's his name? The dude from Florida Atlantic. Oh, so a hack. Yeah. Well, he's uh. It's his second year there. Uh, uh, Billy Napier, that's his name. So, like, um, I yeah. like, I wonder, you know, he's not playing for a legitimate, like, you know, Lane Kiffin, you know, Saban, whoever. So I wonder if that coaching, you know, whether it's scheme or improving him, I wonder, you know, Florida wasn't a great team this past year. They were fine. I just yeah, I wonder I mean, that's if that's true. something to, to do with it's it. It's just going to be hard to – I mean, I think Josh Allen's like, 58% in college, like – it, watching Anthony Richardson play this year, SEC, I, he's playing against I the SEC though. I know I, but personally, I don't see it, but I understand why draft scouts see it. kind of, you know, drool over it. Cause for me, I'm a big college football fan. I see him play. And I'm like, I, I just don't see it. I think he struggles a lot to, to push the ball downfield. He's not an accurate quarterback, but when you look at his raw talent, it's all there. So you're right. If you get the right coach, I could definitely all see right. it. Uh, to, to move along here, Luke's again, you, you're a busy guy. I don't have you forever today. Uh, what I we said, stopped it. Like there's so many narratives now that are just going against me, and it's I have to what's the combat other them all one by one. Oh, that you're a, you're oh, a the Yankees fan. Well, I can't use that yeah. narrative because that stupid tweet. So if you didn't see this, Fangraphs I guess has a thing where they say how much each team improved this offseason. and the Yankees were top five in improvement with like 8.4 wins above replacement. The issue is is that they included Aaron Judge's WAR because he technically wasn't on the roster at the start of free agency because he was a free agent. So like Judge, Rizzo, um, you know, Correa, who obviously was stayed with the Twins, all was added to that, but you didn't really add their wins. You just carried them over from last year. But 
let's get and I wanted to you know bully you, Luke, for for that, but I couldn't because the, well, the my question with that is what does that mean? Like they were projecting them for this year, then? I I guess it was the Fangraph projections for each player's WAR. But if you're adding WAR, wouldn't they have this like? Okay, so oh. but you're adding it to whatever the roster was heading into free agency. Oh, okay, so on December twelfth, let's say free agency starts, okay, then okay, okay. whatever your I'm roster was. Right. is there so and then okay. you're adding in whoever you signed that offseason so okay so it's not counting last year it's no it's the counting the players that played last year and were still in their contract yes. okay yes um, got it yeah that's that's clown show material the fact that the mlb tweeted is a joke and i guess that's why they deleted the tweet but um daniel jones if he wants 40 million dollars and he's not budging from that number you franchise him for this coming year do you draft a quarterback in this in this coming draft yeah i mean i i think i do because i look at the way this team is structured is kind of, it, you know, again, they're kind of early. Like, they could take on a rookie quarterback and be – like, they're not win now. Like, they are not, in my opinion – even if they got Aaron Rodgers, I think they're still not quite a win now team because I think their defense has some unresolved problems. They obviously don't have the weapons on offense right now, and that kind of helps you. If you can get a rookie quarterback and then add the pieces around him while he's on his rookie deal, that's kind of the formula you want to be in. So if Daniel Jones is going to not budge on this – then yeah, maybe you do take a chance. Obviously, the problem you run into is you don't have you know a top ten pick, so you're gonna have to probably move up to take him. But if Joe Shane and Brian Dable absolutely love a guy, I don't think there's a reason not to. Right. And then you know Chicago, they drafted like, Justin what is, Fields and they moved up to get him, and it worked out. And like, what does a Derek Carr do for like the Giants? Nothing. It doesn't really help you at all because the Jets and the Giants are in very different situations. The Jets have a lot more offensive weapons. Their defense is a lot better. Like they are ready to win. Now there's no question about it. And a lot of their guys are still on rookie deals, you know, sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, they're not going to have to get paid for a few years. So you've got a chance, you know, the giants didn't really have a breakout wide receiver this year. You know, Wando Robinson got hurt early. He's not really a Garrett Wilson type. He's more of a gadgety slot guy. So the giants are in the timetable where a rookie quarterback would make sense. Right. Um, do you want to get over this, this Brady and Mahomes thing real quick? Let's do so, it. So the interesting nugget that everyone loves to talk about is, you know, is Patrick Mahomes going to, you know, surpass Tom Brady as the GOAT and as the best player of all time and the best quarterback? Now, the, the talent, you can already tell, is, I would argue, leaps and bounds above Brady. But it's kind of the, the winning that you need to look at. But through five years, they're both very – or through six years, they're both very similar players, right? Each in their first season, they played like one game. They were fine. Then the next five years, Brady had three Super Bowls, two MVPs, or two Super Bowl MVPs. Mahomes had two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs and two regular MVPs. So, like, it's crazy to see, you know, when you talk about Brady, it's like, how will ever anyone ever catch him? Well, if anyone can do it, I think it's Patrick Mahomes because he's on pace right now to have roughly as many MVPs as him. You know, he's got one less Super Bowl. So it really lines up kind of nicely. It does. And I think you're right when you say from a talent perspective, it, you know, Mahomes is going to be it. Like Brady doesn't jump off the page, but the thing that Brady was great at, that's hard to quantify is his mind. Like the, the way that he reads a defense, the way that he could find his receivers and stuff like that. Like you obviously can't quantify that, but when you watch Mahomes play quarterback, he's doing things that you just don't really see, you know, the sidearm throws, the, the way he uses his legs, things like that. And even in the Super Bowl, he didn't really have to do all that much, but he was just able to do enough to to win. And that's kind of the comparison between these two guys. They seem to win, win, win. The only thing I would say it's tough comparing the numbers is the NFL is just so different now. Like Tom Brady, 
relied a lot on the run game and a really great defense. So he didn't really have to throw a ton, you know, in his first five years. So Mahomes is kind of able to put up more eye popping numbers like the, you know, what did Brady have? 123 touchdowns. Mahomes had 192. Like a lot of that can be seen as product of, you know, the, the way offense is. But then you say, look, Brady had 66 interceptions to Mahomes is 49. So like there's that too. So it's really interesting comparing them because football is in a different place, but ultimately the tough spot for Mahomes is I feel like the go argument has become just like, okay, Brady has seven. It's like, that's a, that's a really tall task. Like if Mahomes can get five, I think there's no reason why he can't be you're right in that conversation. But I think there's going to be some people that think he has to get this seven, which is a crazy number. I think five or six is a good number because you look at the MVP conversation and you know, the only thing stopping Mahomes from winning MVP is, is like the LeBron James MVP fatigue where he could yes. probably be MVP every couple of years to be honest, or every year, to be honest. So I, I enjoy this conversation, but also it's, it's almost unfair to a point where like, at least in my mind, I feel like it's boiled down to Tom Brady's the greatest winner of all time, which makes him the goat. Yes. But you know, you can list five quarterbacks that have more talent and that, that kind of takes the fun out of the conversation because it should be a mix of both. And I think Mahomes, if he can get to five has the mix of winning and has the mix of the, the, the talent, but then I look at Mahomes and you say, you know, it's it's hard when teams change over. Once he loses Travis Kelsey, I think that's where things really change. So whether that's two years yeah. or three years or four, like if you're the Chiefs, you've got to start looking at legitimate game-changing tight ends. You know, if this is two years, you know, if Kelsey is two years older, I'm looking at Michael Mayer and trying to move up to grab him, the tight end at Notre Dame, because you need that pass-catching tight end that can be that that security blanket but not like the security blanket where you get a catch and you get eight yards in the first down. It's that security blanket that has that that boom property every single time he touches the ball. Yeah, you know, Brady had Gronk, uh, Mahomes has Kelsey. Like, there's definitely a, a theme there. And, you know, Brady never had, you know, he had the year, he had Randy Moss, obviously. That team was unbelievable. They ended up losing the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes had Tyreek Hill, who's not Randy Moss, but he's a, a heck of a receiver in his own right. So it kind of shows that, that that longevity of tight end definitely helps. And, Look, I mean, Mahomes lost Hill and, you know, got lesser replacements. Guys like uh, Velda Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster, and he won MVP. And I know Kelsey's still there, and Kelsey is obviously the the biggest X factor on that offense he can throw to. But, you know, who's to say he loses Kelsey, they get another great receiver, and he keeps chugging along? Like, Mahomes just seems to, to be that winner to make it work. So it's a really interesting conversation. I also like how the comparisons are being made outside of it, right? Like, Oh, if Mahomes is Brady, like who's Manning? Who is Phil Rivers? The guy that's going to never win. Justin Herbert's Phil Rivers. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping it's not Josh Allen. I'm hoping Josh Allen's Big Ben. You know, win me two Super Bowls, I'm a happy Well, no, no, he shouldn't uh, be Big Ben in all facets. I should just throw that right, out Right, yeah, maybe don't. Yeah, I guess Big Ben would be playing in Cleveland right now. But yeah, it, it's, 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 it's really fun how these debates happen. But you're right, it can get a little bit tiresome when it gets to like the nitty gritty of like, oh, go like best winner. Like, what are we like splitting hairs about here? Yeah, the, the fact is like through five years, they're both very similar players. And that's what was so fascinating. Because you don't really, you know, you compare Mahomes and you see he's got a couple, you know, rings and five AC championship game appearances, which is unprecedented to, to go five straight years. But you know, what? I just wonder, can Mahomes get better? Like, is there even a, a level above what he's doing right now where he could be even better? And, and what does that look like? Because Brady got, you know, a, a boatload better after his first five years. Like, th those first five years, you know, 
he he won Super Bowls, but was he the the primary reason? Not necessarily. Like that defense was great. That run game was great. So how much better can Mahomes get when he gets to 28, 29, 30 years old? Also, I think another part of the argument is when Mahomes doesn't have his young athleticism to rely on, can he just keep churning along? Like that was a big part of Brady, the longevity of him being able to adapt even when he went to his 40s to still be a, a solid quarterback and still have his arm, his mind, things like that. Like, you know, I don't think Mahomes relies on purely athleticism. I think he's a, just a, a, a very smart quarterback as well. But I think that's another kind of facet to look to look at. It really is. And, and Luke, we'll, we'll go from Patrick Mahomes and, and Tom Brady to how about Derek Carr? How's that? Yeah. Kind of all in well, the can same. I Can I also say one more thing about the Mahomes yeah. thing? Is this GOAT thing, like, new? Like, when Brady did that in his first five years, were people like, oh, man, he's better than Montana, maybe? Like, no. I feel like it's a very he new wasn't, kind of debate. I just think, one, like, social media and the constant, like, news cycle is so different, right? And how we're always having to talk about football. And two, like, Brady wasn't special those first five years or so. Like, he was good. He was very good. But he didn't win an MVP at that point. He had only made it to the, the Pro Bowl three times, right? Mahomes has five Pro Bowls, two MVPs, one Offensive Player of the Year. Like, that's special. Tom Brady got to that point a little while down the line, but in his first five years, he wasn't quite at that level, is from what I'm gathering. Again, I was right. six yeah. when, he, when 2005 was his, his fifth full year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of those things where also Mahomes Holmes is doing stuff we haven't really seen. And, you know, Brady doesn't really jump off the page as much either. But we can talk some Derek Carr. He was, he was having lunch in Jersey, baby, with, with Joey D and Rob Sala the other day. You see that? That's right. Although it didn't look I like did. him at all. I'm looking at a hack list right now, Matt. A hack list. Of what? So you said, you know, where does Derek Carr land in, in the quarterback conversation? So I, I Googled, you know, NFL quarterback rankings. NFL.com did a ranking of the starting quarterbacks going into – uh, next season. Guess where they had Derek Carr? Where? They had Derek Carr at 21. That feels wrong. Now, here are some of the names ahead of him. Kenny Pickett, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, uh, Brock Purdy, so Justin Fields. So those are some of the names that NFL.com ranked ahead of him. Now, NFL.com also has Jalen Hurts at number two, which is a, a choice as well. Uh, this is Mark Sessler, he's around the NFL right. When was this? Um, when was this done? This was uh, five days made, ago, uh, January twelfth no. of twenty twenty three. Okay, I have about a month ago. I okay, so I have one from Sessler that was ranking all sixty eight quarterbacks from from this past year. So I guess for this past year, okay, he's got Mahomes as one, Hurts as two, Burrow three, Allen four. Who are we looking for, Derek Carr? Yeah. Let's see. What do we have with, with Carr? He has Carr at – oh, my God. Where is he? This is terrible radio. He has about 23. He's on the list. Oh, this is probably the same list. So he dropped. This, this guy's he dropped? at he – had, He had Jacoby Briss. So this, stat, this is for this past year, I guess. So it's not considering – Yeah. Okay. Every single so – based on play from the oh, yeah, so he, Okay, yeah. But I just don't know how you could sit there and say, oh, yeah, like give me – Give me Jacoby Brissett over Derek Carr in this. I'm sorry. Like, I don't care if the numbers are similar. This guy's a hack. Nah, I want to I say something. Yeah. If the Jets whiff on everyone, I don't think Jacoby Brissett is the worst option in the world. What are you getting when you're getting Jacoby Brissett? You're getting someone that's pro- – Would you? who would you rather have, actually? Jacoby Brissett or um, – oh, what's his name? The backup for the Giants. 
Oh, Tyron yeah. Taylor? No, I think I'd rather have Brissett. Okay. I mean, he's not great. He, oh, listen. No, he's, he's not good. I, I just want a high-completion quarterback. That's all I need. If, if I'm striking out on everybody. Listen, Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Brissett last year, 64% completion, 12 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, uh, only 163 yards per game. Um, but he did end up throwing for uh, 2,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, six picks in 11 games. He threw on average a hundred less than 110 yards per game. No, he threw for 163 yards oh, per game. That's, I, I guess, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I'd rather have uh, Jacoby Brissett than like bringing back Mike White. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying if you miss Carr, if you miss Rodgers, if you miss Jimmy G, I don't think he's the worst option to ever touch planet. I would almost wonder if just keeping Mike White because the players like him is worth it at that point. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We could talk to Derek but, Carr, though. That yeah. was just a little, little side I just, tangent. Derek Carr being ranked your 23rd, well, you say his 23rd quarterback hanging into next season is is hilarious to me. Like, it's comical. And I don't love Derek Carr. I think he's okay. I think he's fine. But to be that low is is an embarrassment. Like, I would say, say comfortably he's probably a top 12, top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's right in that range. I think there's a lot of guys. He's kind of in that like argument range, like the arguments between like Stafford and you know da- Kirk Dak and Daniel Jones. Too? He is to me. I mean, he is to me. I mean, looking at the list, like not like rankings in general. Like I do think a lot of like those top guys are obviously ahead of him. Like I, I do think like obviously like the big guns, like past Herbert at five. I think Lawrence is better. But like after six, after. Herbert, it gets a little dicey. It's like the Tua's, the Jared Goff's, the Geno Smith's, the Dak Prescott's. Like Derek Carr is, is right kind of in that category. I think I'd rather think better than a couple. I think I'd rather have him over Geno. I, I like his longevity. Yeah, He's actually too. proven. I think I like him over Tua just because the injury thing. Also, um, who else is in that mix? Dak. You know, Dak and him are kind of. I like terrible. Dak a lot personally, but also like that's not going to happen. So, like, look, he threw a lot of interceptions this year, but. The other five years or how many years he started, he's not that. So let's also consider that when you talk about Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, Derek Carr seems to be a very consistent low 20s touchdowns and then somewhere in the low teens interceptions. Like that's kind of what he's given you. He had the one year where he had uh, 32 touchdowns back in 2015, but he's giving you pretty consistent numbers. There's not a lot back and forth. He had a couple of years where he had single digit interceptions, but the past two years he had 14 in each which, you know, Dak had 15, so he's kind of in that type of range where he's not going to kill you with his interceptions, but he's going to throw a couple. What's tough, though, is the AFC is so loaded at quarterback, it breaks your brain. If I'm in yes. the NFC, I love Derek Carr because he's probably, what, uh, the third-best quarterback in that in that league, if that, yeah. you know? So you could argue he's, yeah, sack, like he, it, it hurts, and then it's like the big jumble. Like, it's it's very dicey. Yeah, which I just... I don't know, man. I feel like it has to be Rodgers or Boss at this point. And and I like Derek Carr. I'd be interested to see what he can be. But he's not a great cold weather quarterback. He he. Just, I don't know if he plays super well in New York. But also, but does it does it matter? Like everyone seems to love the guy. Yeah. Like he's not going to cause you any issues. All his teammates love him. He's a very like he gets in front of everything. But like he'll tell you it's his fault. Apparently, there was reports or rumor rumblings that. He didn't like the way that uh, Mike McDaniel was pushing. What? Who was it? Scott Mc, Jeff, Josh, Josh McDaniels McDaniel was like pushing him too hard. Scott McDaniel. I don't know who he is. Let me try to find something here. 
I don't know, but I feel like those are a lot of stories that come out after the fact. Like, I don't know. I don't know how much stock I put into things when, like, you just pushed the guy out after he gave you everything and then was like, yeah, see you, dude. Like, do I really buy into that? I don't know. Maybe it's true. I'm I'm trying to read into it now to see if there's anything. Um, well, you're all, like, again, you're going to find a thousand other stories of, of dudes saying how much they love him and how much they love playing with him. So I, I don't know how much stock I put into Josh McDaniel possibly saying, like, leaking out. Oh, yeah, like, Derek didn't like how okay. much I um, Like, you're not coach. Here's a, a quote from a story, or according to uh, Sports Illustrated, a Sports Illustrated story. It began in training camp while the two were cordial. There were some evident issues. The quote from a player was, I had never heard Derek spoken to like Josh did. He didn't drop F-bombs or ridicule him, but film sessions with Josh are brutal. Now, Gruden coached Derek Carr. And yeah. Gruden is is a is a I assume like a fiery guy. Like he's been he's been around. He's not a hack of a coach. Hack of a person, sure. Hack of a coach, I wouldn't say that. So for him to ridicule him to that extent is is strong. I mean, is that a knock on Carr or is it a knock on McDaniel's? Like, I think it's a, a knock on on both. McDaniel's has proven nothing, and he comes in thinking he's all tough and stuff. Like I, that doesn't really to me knock their call. Yeah, it sounds like it was, but also like. It sounds like it was just the the Joe football tough guy New England Patriot Act. But also, if I'm a quarter, if I'm a Jets front office, and this guy can't handle his coach yelling at him, and he, you know, he he shuts it off or whatever, you know, what about the what about I the mean, New York media? Nathaniel Hack and like Nathaniel Hack is not no, but like the New York media, the fans are gonna like be are gonna boo. Like, can he handle that? I don't know because yeah, Vegas loved him. That's true. Yeah, Vegas did love him. I know it's a different environment and. You know, Zach Wilson seems to have been crippled by all that, the things that you just listed. But he's a veteran guy. I think he would know what he's getting into if he comes to New York. Yeah, I just... And maybe, you know, maybe their cars are saying, you know what, you're right. I don't really want to deal with that. I'm going to go play in Carolina. So that, that's definitely uh, on the table. There's no... But also, like, the Jets are such a better option for him. If, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm waiting until Aaron... Is I it? Think so. You can go win a division in the NFC South. They could be, like, a three-seed in the NFC. Like, But the Panthers... What's to say if their car goes there, he's the best. What weapon do they have? By long I guess. Shot. But like, what? they almost made the playoffs last year with after firing their head coach and having Steve Wilkes. They were in the division race up till two weeks yeah. left. If they beat the Bucks, they would have won the division. Yeah, like, but that's another like eight. It's a guarantee. That's like playoff. a seven and ten. He's been in the playoffs there. one time. One. But like time. that's a seven and ten team even with Derek Carr, or maybe maybe eight and nine. With Derek guess. Carr with the then Jets, like, are okay, so he's coming to the Jets, and then what? But but they're, what what's their uh, ceiling? They're think, like, like the, the fourth or the... fifth best team in the AFC. Okay, but what's the ceiling of the Panthers? You're not winning a game with that team in the playoffs. You can make it. You can host. Know. You're gonna win. I... You're gonna be. You'll probably play what the the best wildcard team. You're gonna beat the the Cowboys or the Eagles or who else? The Niners maybe or the Seahawks. No, you're not beating those teams. Come on now. I don't know. I. I'm I'm buying a lot of Panther stock next year. Look, I was a big Panther, guy, but they don't have McCaffrey anymore. Like if they have McCaffrey, it's one thing. Who who's their best weapon? Who do they have? Nobody. I know that's they the have issue. nothing. DJ Moore. They have DJ Moore. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. I I I, I don't know. I guess. Um, I, it's hard to convince a quarterback to come to the AFC. That's all yeah. I'm saying. No, you're not wrong. And I I think for me, if I'm the Jets, Aaron Rodgers is my number one far and away. I guess Lamar Jackson's my number two at that point. Right, I mean that's a lot of money to give him. You can't really improve I, the I, team around him, but also he's uh, he's up there. I as like a top. Lamar a lot. I think I like a Lamar a lot more than you. Like I, I don't think Lamar is a consolation at all. I mean, I the said injuries he, worry me. Right, but we also said you know, 
it, towards the end of the season, like do what you can to trade for Lamar. Like I know the injuries have been a problem, but also, you know, could he have been like, I'm not getting money right now. Like I'm not going to play unless I absolutely have to. I know that wasn't the case. I know it was kind of disputed. He was very hurt, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, do you want to just get to Ahmed Rush and then we'll save the Mets and Yankees talk for, for another day? Yeah, we can do. We can wait. I think spring training starts, I think, Sunday because the, the Mets announced that Max Scherzer is going to be pitching. Oh, so, baby. A whole week um, to wait until. We can maybe do that on Thursday. Let's do Do we have a show to, uh, Thursday? I mean, I'm, I'll be here. So. I work until 430. Is, is that OK? That's fine with me. All right, let's do it. Fine with me. Get us to Ahmed Rush. Well, I will. Uh, Ahmed Rush. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game happened. Uh, team Giannis won 184 to 175 over Team LeBron. Jason Tatum took home the All-Star Game MVP after scoring 55 points. Um, but the big story to me is the reaction on social media. A lot of complaints. Uh, Nuggets head coach Michael Malone actually called it the worst basketball game ever played. I So I watched the first half of this game. Um, I agree it was not a good basketball game. Because, you know, they're not playing defense. They're letting guys dunk. They're basically just firing away three-pointers. But that's what the NBA All-Star game has been for, like, five years now. Like, I don't know why this specific game is getting what it did. Like, probably because it turned into a blowout. So the ending that didn't have the defense like last year where the Elam ending kind of makes things exciting. But I, I just don't know what people are expecting from this game anymore. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, it was, it was entertaining a little bit. Like... I got to see Dame Lillard chuck threes from everywhere. Like, that was pretty cool. And it, I kind of, just, I don't know, like the fact that we have the coach who's a part of the product and the players who are a part of the product saying this sucks, like it's your fault. Like go fix it if you're the players, you know? And, and to say that like right after it happened, but also like what's worse? Is it admitting this sucks and being a part of it and not trying to fix it? Or is it the NHL where they're saying, oh yeah, this is great. And every broadcast is like, this is amazing. When nothing's happening and it's horribly yeah. boring. I just, to be honest, like I'm at the point right now where it's like, do we need these all-star games? Can we just give the players the honor and have it work towards, you know, their hall of fame resume and things like that without having to play the game. It also makes the NFL way more legitimate where it's like Tyler Huntley doesn't need to be called a pro bowler because it's like, no one's playing the game. So you don't have to opt out and things mm -hmm. like that. Like I, I, I like the baseball one, I will say, just for, like, the nostalgia of it. And, you know, it's hard. It's harder to kind of half-ass a baseball game for for better, uh, for lack of a better term because they the pitchers are going to try to throw, you know, the hitters are going to try to hit. They're not going to throw it underhand. But it just feels like there's really not a point to even having these events other than it being a big, you know, celebrity type of thing. It's a lot of just stuff for the, the sponsors. You know, they get tickets to the yeah. game. They can go meet and shake hands with the players and, and that whole nonsense. Like the the dunk contest, like Mac McClung wins it and he kind of saves it because he. But was I don't a even great... care about Mac McClung. To be honest, like right, it's a that... cool story. But is he ever playing in the NBA again? Is he gonna play more oh, yeah. than ten games this season with the Sixers? No, I'd be no, shocked. He's playing like five minutes a game. Yeah, so that that's if you let me finish my point, I was gonna say I love Mac McClung, but like why is Jericho Sims in it and what's his name KJ Martin like? Who are these dudes? Well, Matt like, McClung like, only saves it, and I'm sorry to cut you off again, is because he did cool stuff. Right. But like me, I didn't watch His it, name and I didn't is, want to watch yeah, exactly. Matt McClung do this. The only, the only thing I did time was I watched the videos seeing, on Twitter. Right. The only time people are seeing Matt McClung's dunks is after the fact, and people are like, wow, this guy's really good. And it's like, you have KD being like, yeah, we need more stars in these events. 
I know KD's not a dunker, but like, dude, you are one of the guys that doesn't do these events. Like LeBron won't do the dunk contest and John Morant even won't do the dunk. Like the players are kind of part of the issue. Why the product's not that good. And I think there's a couple solutions I could throw at you and, and then we can, you know, do what you got to do. Keep moving if you want. One, the, the competitors of the, in your first three seasons, you have to compete in at least one or two of your ask. And then okay. after that, you're done. So LeBron James doesn't need to do it, but John Morant has to because John Morant's young and you can make it part but of the But also it's hard deal. because our, how many guys are stars within their first three? Like, I feel like John Morant's kind of an exception. Is, for, is, is first contract a better option? I mean, yeah, it'd be I cool like to that. watch John be cool. And then look, like, beyond Zion, if Steph wants yeah. to do a three-point contest, go ahead. Wouldn't it be cool to watch, like, Zion Williamson do it? The dunk contest? But here, here's the issue. Like, I, I guess for those guys, it would make more sense. But, like, what... What does LeBron have to gain from doing a, gun, a dunk contest? Isn't it just That's fun? That's the real issue. Like, don't you just have but fun all, doing but it? people are just going to clown him if he doesn't do something absolutely crazy. Like, that's why I think he never wanted to do it. Because, like, if he doesn't win it, then people are going to talk about that. I don't know, man. You also have vo- voters that are, that are you know, the, the judges are hacks. I mean, they had Carl Malone out there, which is... A, why, are, why is Carl Malone being paraded around? I'm... Did I miss something? Like... I guess Utah is just so backwards that they're like what they embrace him. But, but why this was is he an NBA, NBA thing. Like, this wasn't a Utah. Thing. Yeah, why is the NBA putting Carl Malone on the spotlight? I I I I can't understand. I know him and Stockton both have gone. I mean, Stockton's off the reservation, but I I I don't know What's if he's like a bad person. Deal? But like, he's just very like anti-vax. I mean, that's okay. his thing. He's he said some things I think about other. I'm not going to speak on it completely. But I think he said some other controversial things. Um, but. Carl Malone legitimately did like one of the worst things you can possibly do as a human being. And he's being paraded around. So like you, you can't find anyone better than Carl Malone to represent Utah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I, I can't imagine that being like a thing. That's okay. Like just even see like, like I think when they announced everyone's out there, I thought they were announcing John Stockton. And then I look over on Twitter and it's Carl Malone. And I was like, yeah, why is he even there? It just, it's crazy. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Um, Jonathan Gannon is the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and he – you saw the video, right? I think you sent the video. I didn't I didn't link the video. I heard part of the video um, of him, uh, like, meeting Rondale Moore, right? Yeah, when, like, the pew-pew, like, the fire – it was very strange. Um, I'm getting a lot of Adam Gase vibes from Jonathan Gannon. Uh, the I, I, I want to read the article article that was like explaining the terms that Jonathan Gannon used in his press conference. I'm like, what is he saying? I don't want to be that guy. Him and Gates have very similar uh, receding hairlines as well. Um, they're very similar looking. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this whole gimmick going on with the Cardinals. I just think the Cardinals, it might be time to rebuild. That just might be it. Like he might be the coach that it's you like pay very little. That you suck for three years. He doesn't do anything. And then all of a sudden you eventually, you know, turn it over to a coach that's slightly better. Yeah, it's just it's it's ugly. And then our last story I do want to talk about Eric Bieniemy, uh taking the offensive coordinator job with the Washington Commanders. Um, it kind of at this point, I think I've come around to being hoping that Bieniemy does a great job. Like in the beginning, I was like kind of one of those like, oh, you know, he had all the assault charges in the 90s. That's the reason why this is not that. And then it's like all these guys have issues. A lot of them have gotten chances and it seems like everything's been knocked against him. You know, oh, it's all Andy Reid, even though Andy Reid gives him a lot of compliments. Um, 
you see guys like Jonathan Gannon, like Shane Striken, who's going to the Colts, have one year. Like, I couldn't have told you who either of those guys were going in this year, and they both have a head coaching jobs. So I, I'm kind of I'm starting to root for Eric Bieniemy because I think so many people have like made up this narrative that we don't know if it's, if it's true or not. And the fact that he has to go to Washington with Sam Howell to prove he can be a head coach, I think is just – it's a real slap. And that's why if I was the enemy, I, I would have stayed another year or two in in Kansas City, if I'm being honest. Like I would be, I would go up to the management and be like, hey, give me a pay raise. Like I'll stay. I just need a little more money to make it worth my while because this isn't a job I would want. You know, I would, I would sooner rather have the, the, you know, the Baltimore job if I knew Lamar Jackson would be there. Right. I would sooner want, I mean, what other jobs are there that we can, you know, I, I, I guess the, the Lions job's not available, but like, you know, Jets job, Jets job might be available after this year. Yeah. I don't know how much he wants the Jets job either, but at least you have competent, you know, pieces. Like, I, I guess it's the, the same thing as the, the, the Washington job because they have no quarterback, but like, what is he supposed to get at Sam Howell? I guess is my question. And like, how good is good enough for him to get an opportunity? Yeah, it's really tough, and it's like Andy Reid's not going to be there forever. Now I think uh, reports are that Matt Nagy is going to be the – he's going to be offensive coordinator in the era apparent to Andy Reid. Like, how does he stumble into that, but, like, the enemy has to – I don't know, it's tough. I but agree. Also, I think it would have been easier for him I, to just wait around, but – Well, let's say it's another five years for, for Reid. Like, does BME want to wait five years? Maybe not. Yeah, that, that yeah, exactly. If he doesn't want to, that's good for him. I, I think Ron Rivera is also a guy that's probably on his way out after this year or next especially if they underperform. So yeah, uh, it's, it's just tough. I, I feel bad for him. I think I've come into that camp where, you know, people are like, Oh, there must be something wrong with him. He must not interview. Well, it's like, dude, I see Jonathan Gann getting a job. It's like, I, I it's hard for me to buy yeah. that. It's hard for me to buy that. So I hope it's not racial. I'll say that, but it's definitely, there's something weird yeah. going on. I'll say that. Uh, Matt um, Barzell, that you missed Matt Barzell's uh, injury. He's out indefinitely. Okay. Week to week. I tried to stick to the top four stories that, that, that didn't make all tanks ahead. That's good for the Sabres, though. So I'm not, actually that is big. It's good for the Islanders too. Get it, get us tanking, get us to like you know top seven pick, and then hope we can leapfrog up, get Connor Bedard. Quick retool, baby. Let's get it done. All right, all right, Matt. That's uh, that's odd. All right, that's the show. We'll catch you guys on Thursday at some point. Uh, are you are you what time Thursday? Are you good? Like four thirty? Yeah, I mean we could have talked about this off air, but we can do it on air as well. Yeah, it should be good for like four thirty. Four thirty. Catch us there. We'll talk. Some spring training coming up, maybe a little bit of Knicks and Nets. What they what they look to do is they restart the season on Thursday, and then guess we're ch- hanging out with us here on the Wild and Show.